Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and pets and plants that are important to you. Last week I went away with my family for four days to the beautiful state of Maine. Now, I'm not a very outdoorsy person. When I take a vacation, I love nothing more than to lie on my back and read a book. Fortunately, Maine has some beautiful beaches where I can do just that. And I did! And while I was away, I read Bonnie Garmus's novel, Lessons in Chemistry, and I read a Ricky Ducournet novel titled Nitsuki. Over the years, I've found summer vacations to be a perfect time to explore authors I've never read, as I'm generally in a better mood and have a bit more patience and find being away from home a good excuse to experience new things. If you're like me and you enjoy reading on your downtime and you're eager to get into an original novel by an author you've never read, I encourage you to please consider purchasing any or all of my 10 self-published books. There are no ads on this podcast, and there is no Patreon. The only thing I've ever asked of listeners is if you love the show, and if you'd like to help contribute to it and myself monetarily, and get yourself or the reader in your life some exciting fiction, you can find and buy all 10 of my novels in both ebook and paperback formats worldwide at Amazon. If you don't use Amazon, all of my stories are available in ebook format at Google Play. Just search my last name, M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you'll find my books on Google Play. If you've already purchased any or all of my novels, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. People Are the Enemy listeners. This is episode 293 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Did you know you're rocking with the best? It's true. Thank goodness. Where else would you be? You're in the right place. You're with me. And Dizzy. That's who we're listening to right now. A little bit of Dizzy Rascal. Singer Billy Squire. You don't say. Okay, let's take it down. For those who don't know, That was Fix Up, Look Sharp, the instrumental version by the always entertaining Dizzy Rascal, British rapper, or did they call it Garage? Garage? I remember that, when Dizzy hit the scene, along with the street, around the same time as the streets, they'd call it British Garage music, and it's basically just British hip-hop. 
And that was, uh, that sample was uh, Billy Squire's Big Beat. And uh, a little bit of redemption there for Billy Squire. <laughs> and if you've ever seen any of Billy Squire's 1980s music videos, you know why I say that. Oof. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, they're really something. Look at it was the early 80s. Music videos were brand new. They were trying things. They tried to get Billy Squire to dance to a lot of his own music. And uh, let's just say it wasn't very flattering for Mr. Squire. But uh, like I said, a little redemption there as Dizzy took a, a healthy sample of Billy's song Big Beat and turned it into that fix-up, look-sharp, which was uh, probably my favorite song from that album, Boy in the Corner. Wonderful stuff that I hadn't appreciated until recently. I remember hearing it when it first came out. And because I was, you know, as a hip-hop fan, I was like, oh, I'll probably like this. But it was difficult. British hip-hop's different, man. They're doing things different, our cousins across the pond. And rightfully so. Different country, different culture. So, of course, the hip-hop's going to be different. They're going to rap about different things. The style's going to be different. But it took a little bit of time. But, yeah, eventually I did embrace it. How are you doing out there? How's everything been? Are you staying cool? Finally cooled down here in New England. We had some really hot days. Yesterday was a particularly humid day here in New England. It wasn't terribly warm temperature-wise. Early 80s. Early 80s. Low 80s, as I say. Early 80s. I'm thinking of music videos. <laughs> Low 80s, temperature-wise. But super humid. I had to mow my lawn, which I hadn't done in three weeks. I do not like doing it. And I'm too cheap to pay somebody else to do it. And my lawnmower, it's a push mower. A friend of mine gave it to me. Probably gave it to me 15 years ago. He insists that it was maybe 25 years old at that point when he gave it to me. I can't believe this mower is 40 years old. That's hard to believe. It is old, however. And the wheels on it do not go round and round. <laughs> they, they were falling apart. Two of them were. Literally just like coming apart, like falling, like the rubber was like, had broken on the two rear wheels. One much worse than the other, to the point where it was sort of like shredded, if you can picture that. Now, they weren't inflated. You can picture like rubber wheels on a push mower. And I said to myself, I can't, I can't keep going with this mower this way. I gotta, I gotta figure something out. So I went online and I tried to find matching wheels for the mower and uh, it wasn't possible. And believe me, I tried. Because like I said, I'm trying to save a buck. <laughs> and I thought, geez, if I can, any, any way I can prevent having to get this mower repaired, these wheels repaired, I don't even know if that's a possibility, but I'll see what I can do. And I didn't have any luck. But I did find a lawnmower repair guy in my city, 
named Mike. I think it was called Mike the Mower or something like that. So I called up Mike. <laughs> and uh, he said, yeah, this is Mike. And I said, hey, Mike, uh, I'm a Nashua resident. Nashua is the city I live in, by the way, if you didn't know. And uh, I said, I've got a push mower with two bad wheels. He said, what kind of mower you got? And I gave him the details of the mower, including the, the model number, the name. And he took a look in his system and he said, yeah, that's an old mower. <laughs> he said, you, you ain't going to find tires for that mower. And I said, okay. He said, I'm going to have to get them via third party, uh, what do you say? <laughs> How do you put it? Uh, third party vendor. Pardon me for my New England accent, but that's how he sounded. <laughs> and uh, I said, okay, what are we looking at? And he said, um, he said, it's going to run you 20 bucks a tire. And I said, okay, all right. I'm thinking to myself, oh, I only need two, that's $40. I said, how do we do this? He said, bring the tire to me. I'll order them for you. And I said, okay, all right. So I got his address, and I went outside, and I took the tire off, which came off very easily from my mower, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> I say thankfully it came off easy, but yeah, it was, you know, like I said, it's really old. Um, but no, I was able to get the wheel off. And uh, I tried to find this place, and it was damn near impossible. Finally, I was in like a, I went down like a long road. Not a lot of businesses on it. And all of a sudden I see these mowers all over the place. Couldn't couldn't find a number on the property anywhere. But I said, this has got to be the place. I mean, there's mowers everywhere. So I parked my car and I took the wheel and I jumped out. And I went up to the door and uh, right on the door it said, you know, this... Uh, this building protected by, you know, Smith & Wesson or something like that. It had a big picture of the gun, a gun on the outside of the door. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I do not want to get shot today. And then I looked at the doorknob. And the doorknob had like a combination lock built right into it. Can you picture that? It had like basically like push button numbers on the knob. <laughs> so it's like, you know, this big heavy duty painted door with this menacing sign with a with a firearm on the sign <laughs> i'm like man oh man i'm gonna i'm gonna get plugged <laughs> nobody was around and i i opened the door and i just think like i'm not walking i ain't walking in here so i just said hello hello i yelled guy comes around the corner he's like yeah and i said are you mike and he said uh no i said um, uh, i'm looking for the mower guy and i held up the tire and he said, next door. And I said, okay, thank you. I immediately walked away from there. So I walk over to, uh, to next door. The guy's walking. It looks like he's been under a car all day. This guy's just covered in dirt and grime and fluids. <laughs> I think he was carrying something that looked heavy in one hand and maybe had a tool in the other and I said you might and he said no <laughs> he said go in the garage speaking of garage garage I'm like I don't want to go in anywhere <laughs> this place is giving me the creeps 
And I'm there, like, and you know, I'm I'm wearing shorts and sandals and a t-shirt and a baseball hat. You know, <laughs> I look like <laughs> I look like I just stepped off the beach. You know, and obviously I'm clean. I shouldn't say obviously I'm clean. You know, I feel so out of place. These are hardworking dudes. You know, and the garage door. As weirdly, like there's no windows. There must have been a security camera or something. Because suddenly the gay garage, the garage. <laughs> I'm again only doing that for British effect. I don't want people to think I'm being weirdly homophobic or something. That's <laughs> the, the British British genre uh, of music that I played at the opener. That's no other reason. The garage opens up, and this guy's like bending down, like peeking out. And I said, "You, Mike?" And he said, "No." He said, "What do you want?" And I said, uh, "I need to, uh, I need to, to, to order two of these, these, uh, these wheels." And he comes out, and it's a beard. He's got a beard and mustache and a baseball cap, and he's wearing like a tank top, covered with dirt. You know, he's got like you know, canvas pants. Look like heavy pants. You know. The kind you need to do and work in a garage wearing these so you don't get holes in them, you know. He takes a tire from my hand. He looks at it, goes over to a stack of tires, all similarly sized. He starts pulling them off. Things start falling. Heavy things. He looks down at my toes, because I'm wearing sandals. <laughs> it's like, he's like, step away, I don't want your feet to get crushed. Back up. He pulls off a couple wheels. Takes two tires. He's like, how many you need? I said, two? He takes two. He measures them up against mine. Finds He finds two matching tires. He hands them to me. And my other tire. I said, how much you want for these? He said, get out of here. <laughs> I said, really? He said, get out of here. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't ask twice, man. I got out of there. Was I psyched? Yeah, saved myself 40 bucks. Was able to mow my lawn this weekend. Was it harrowing? Yeah, I guess. Let's get into something else, shall we? bloodhound gang this is something i found online i wanted to play for you i had fun with this i listened to it a, a couple times and i laughed each time and i'll probably laugh again while i'm playing it for you now but this is from a hardy's restaurant training video i don't know if i've ever been to a hardy's h-a-r-d-e-e-s i remember one being mentioned in a in a dead milkman song once <laughs> <laughs> Blow it out your hairdo because you work at Hardee's, I think was the line. So I assume it's uh, familiar to folks in the Pennsylvania area. As that's where that band was, uh, members came from. But this is a, this is a video about, it's a training video on how to terminate an employee. And I'll set the scene for you. <laughs> These two gentlemen in vests. Looks like, looks like they're cops almost, weirdly. And it's this very drab office. Looks like, I'm sure it's a film set, where there's basically just a, a cork board on the wall. 
you know, with a couple sheets pinned onto it over a desk. And there's two gentlemen. One is sitting in a chair at the desk and the other is sitting on the desk. And these are, I think, supposed to be the supervisors or managers of this Hardee's. And it looks like they're about to play bad cop, good cop with a, with a young employee. And uh, I'll play it for you and I'll stop as we go because I think it'll, you might need a little context to the audio. And maybe I'll just uh, have some fun with it. But again, this is a training video, uh, probably from the late 80s, early 90s, on how to terminate an employee. In other words, how to fire an employee. <laughs> here we go. Paul's here. Oh. I have a seat there, Paul. Okay, enter Paul. Paul looks like a, a young man, probably uh, 16, 17 years old. He's got a nice blonde haircut. Blonde haircut. Blonde hair styled to the parted on the side. Looks like he looks like he could be the villain in any 80s movie. And uh, the uh, fellow who's terminating him, the guy who's sitting at the desk, looks like he looks like a Chippendales dancer, basically. <laughs> he's got like, <laughs> you know, he looks like he's probably uh, maybe early 30s, got a thick head of brown, brown hair, big, big brown mustache. Looks like Keith Hernandez from the Mets, if you know who that is. <laughs> maybe you saw that Seinfeld episode, but he's about to, to fire Paul. Check it out. If you remember, we had a discussion uh, back on the 4th of this month. At the time, we had to give you a second written warning about your horseplay. Now, you agreed you would stop horseplaying on the job. I love the term horseplaying. <laughs> it says it. I think you might say it a couple more times. But yeah, so Paul's been horseplaying on the job, and he's been reprimanded already. Then last night, Dave said you were horseplaying again. Do you have any reasons for this? No, I was just having a little fun. I didn't mean anything by it. I was still doing my job. Understand, but did you squirt Roxanne? Yeah. Did you, did you squirt Roxanne? <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> I don't know. They never describe what that means. Did you squirt Roxanne? Let's go on. Well, Paul, if you remember, in our last discussion, you were warned that unless the horseplay stopped, uh, that it would lead to termination. Yeah. Well, Dave and I discussed it, and we're going to have to let you go. Last night was your last night. Was your what? Why? It's the first time I ever squirted anybody. You were <laughs> I mean, come on, man. It was the first time he ever squirted anybody. Surely you and Dave can understand. I'm, I'm like the kid's lawyer over here. <laughs> I love that they make this so drawn out and long, though. Really, you're just firing the kid. This is so painful. All right, let's keep going. The warning three months prior to this for snapping towels. Two weeks before that. What kind of restaurant is this? He's snapping towels? Squirting Roxanne? The squirting Roxanne, you know, maybe... Maybe he's using some kind of... Maybe he's using ketchup? Again, it's a Hardee's. How the hell are you snapping towels at a restaurant? What are you... 
What are you taking a bath over there? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I suppose if you get wet, you got a towel off. <laughs> the kid, the kid is snapping towels, squirting Roxanne. All right, let's keep going. We also discussed snapping towels at employees, and a week before that, we talked about throwing pickles on the back. Initially, I thought, like, throwing pickles, I pictured him throwing, like, sliced pickles, but maybe he was throwing whole pickles. I mean, this is, this restaurant seems to have it all. This Hardee's <laughs> seems to have everything. Wine? We've given you more than enough chances, Paul. Damn, that's not fair. Can't I just have one more chance? I don't... <laughs> Damn, that's not fair. Can't I just have one more chance? Can't I just have one more chance? Isn't this embarrassing enough for you, Paul? Just get out. I, at this point, I'd just be like, look. Look, I did squirt Roxanne. I did snap a towel and I did throw pickles. And I did, I was reprimanded for these things. And I, I continue to horseplay and I understand. And then just leave to save some face. Have you no shame, Paul? Do it again, honest. I'm sorry, Paul. I understand you don't agree, but this is a decision we made. We just can't tolerate this kind of behavior. And I'm going to give you some forms here. If you'll just uh, look these over, you can write any comment you want. And then the forms. Hands them a stack of paper. Really? Is this necessary? Meanwhile, the other guy's looking on. Again, he's sitting on the corner of the desk. Again, good cop, bad cop. The other guy's just kind of watching. Dave's just watching. <laughs> it's so menacing. Now, these guys are in white short sleeve dress shirts and ties and vests. They both look like they could be Chippendales dancers. Poor Paul sitting there in the chair in the hot seat. Getting handed a stack of papers now. Please sign them. Why do I have to sign it? Well, it, it just indicates, Paul, that we had this discussion today. It doesn't mean that you agree with what, what we talked about. I'm still not going to sign it. Well, that's, that's okay. I'll just... I don't blame him. He throws it back at the guy. I'm still not going to sign it. I don't blame him. I would have just been like, yeah, it's all right. You're right. I, I was wrong. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I won't ask for a reference. Put here that you refuse to sign it. Okay? Yeah. He just takes it at that point. Grabs the papers away. Here. Got the hell out of there, I'm sure. That's how that ended. Did you like that? I got a kick out of that. I still like it. <laughs> Hardee's. I can look up Hardee's, see, see if there's any still around. Find out what's going on over there with, those, with these towels. At this point, I'm going to hand things off to our friend Rachel from Des Moines. And she is going to give you the chart chat. So, without any further ado, take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat for another week. Thanks to everyone who listened last week or has been catching up on the past episodes. I got some nice comments from listeners Sherry, Tavy, Jeffrey, Jill, Melinda, Mary, and Dennis. Actually, thank you, Mary, for recommending last week's segment to Dennis. 
I always appreciate folks who spread the word on the show. This week, we're going all the way back to 1970 with a chart from August 1st. Some already know this, but as a reminder, the first American Top 40 broadcast was on July 4th of 1970. So August 1st was only the fifth show that Casey Kasem, Don Bastani, et al. had put together and aired. And from what played on 70s on 7 last Saturday, Casey hadn't quite settled into the broadcaster voice listeners came to know and love. They had more sauce on it, I think, is the professional term. The song you've been hearing so far is Something by Booker T and the MGs, and it's one of several covers, including two Beatle covers on the Hot 100 this week, by The Five Stair Steps with Dear Prudence. Rare Earth, who we'll hear in a bit, also covered Eleanor Rigby on their album that was out at the time of this chart. At number 80 is Down by the River by Buddy Miles. That would make it to number 68. This is a cover, again, of the Neil Young original from Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere. Uh, Buddy Miles' version appears on his solo album, Them Changes, which I read on Wikipedia, charted on the Billboard 200, the R&B albums chart, and it made number eight on the Jazz albums chart. I shared about the title track, Them Changes, on a 1971 segment about a year ago, and I learned from my fave source, lp.co.jp, that Them Changes, the song, the single, was credited to Buddy Miles and the Freedom Express, though the album was simply Buddy Miles. It hit the Hot 100 twice, once in May and June of 70, and again in August through October of 71. Down by the River was the first of five singles credited to Buddy Miles' solo to reach the Hot 100. The single edit is 3 minutes and 7 seconds, while the album was 6.20. For reference, Neil Young and Crazy Horse original on that album was over 9 minutes. Buddy also included River on his 1971 live album with an almost 13-minute version. At number 76 is It's a Shame by The Spinners. That would make it to number 14 on the pop chart and number 3 R&B. This song just gets me right from that intro. I really love it. It's a Shame appears on The Spinners album second time around, which would be their last from for Motown before following Aretha Franklin's advice to move to Atlantic Records. The song was written by Stevie Wonder, Lee Garrett, and Sarita Wright, as well as being the first song Stevie Wonder had produced for another artist. It's a Shame was the Spinners' fourth time on the Hot 100 and their biggest pop hit to that point. They would go on to have 11 top 20 hits plus a number one hit when they teamed up with Dionne Warwick. It's a Shame was used in Everybody Hates Chris and the 2006 movie The Holiday. At number 62 is Groovy Situation by Gene Chandler. That would make it to number 12, and it was a number 10 R&B hit. Gene Chandler is a singer, songwriter, producer, and record executive from Chicago. He performed in two different groups in his hometown before recording and releasing Duke of Earl in 1962 as a solo act. Uh, this was a number one smash on the pop and R&B charts, and he is notable for starting out in the doo-wop era and continuing to have chart success through rhythm and blues, soul, and disco eras. He was last on the Hot 179, and last single on the R&B chart was in 86. Groovy Situation was originally recorded by cousin soul duo Mill and Tim, and produced by Gene Chandler uh, back in 1969, uh, though it was not released as a single for Mill and Tim. Chandler then recorded his own version in 1970. I feel like the very beginning of the song is a little bit cheesy, but when the horns kick in, I, I'm, I'm all in. I love it. This was his second biggest pop hit overall, you know, after Duke of Earl. Groovy Situation appears on What Else? The Anchorman soundtrack, and Duke of Earl appears at the end of the movie King Ralph. At number 61 is I Know in parentheses I'm Losing You by Rare Earth. I've shared some Rare Earth on here before, but this one was part of the group's one-two punch of covering The Temptations. 
uh, as their first two singles. First, in the spring spring and early summer of 70, they reached number four with their version of Get Ready. Then, the week that fell off the Hot 100, they were right back on the very next week with I Know I'm Losing You, which would go on to hit number seven. The Temptations originals were both number one R&B hits back in 1966, with Get Ready reaching number 29 pop and Losing You number eight pop. I had known Rare Earth to be on the Motown label, but I came to learn in this prep that they were technically on a subsidiary label, also called Rare Earth, that had been created when they were signed. But Wikipedia states the distinction between labels was mostly arbitrary, and all records tended to be considered Motown records regardless of subsidiary. Other acts on Rare Earth, and I've only heard of one of these, include R. Dean Taylor, Pretty Things, Toe Fat, Stoney and Meatloaf, and The Rustics. Uh, For the rest of our time this week, I'm going to read another Dave Barry Bad Song Survey column for you. Um, And then we'll be back next week, catching up on some 80s charts. Uh, Thanks. Almost Rock Bottom by Dave Barry, January 17th, 1993. Before I present part one of the results of the Bad Song Survey, here's an important brain takeover alert. Be advised that this column names certain songs that you hate and have tried to suppress, but as soon as you read their names, your brain will start singing. Get out of my mind. Over and over, and you can't stop it. Ah! First, I have never written a column that got a bigger response than the one announcing the bad song survey. More than 10,000 readers voted, with cards still coming in. Also, wherever I went, people expressed their views to me, often gripping my shirt to emphasize their points. You know that song about piña coladas? I hate it! Song badness is an issue that Americans care deeply about. Second, you Neil Diamond fans out there can stop writing irate unsigned letters. You have convinced me. Neil Diamond is God. I no longer see anything but genius in the song where he complains that his chair can't hear him. Unfortunately, a lot of survey voters are not so crazy about Neil's work, especially the part of Play Me where he sings, Song she sang to me, song she brang to me. Of course, I think those lyrics are brilliant, however, they brang out a lot of hostility in readers, but not as much as Lovin' You, sung by Minnie Ripperton, or Sometimes When We Touch, sung by Dan Hill, who sounds like he's having his prostate examined by Captain Hook. Many people still deeply resent these songs. Many others would not rule out capital punishment for anyone convicted of having had anything to do with Gary Puckett and a union gap. Woman, woman, young girl, and this girl is a woman now, which some voters argue are all the same song. Likewise, there are boiling pools of animosity out there for Barry, I Write the Songs, Manilow, Olivia, Have You Never Been Mellow, Newton John, Gilbert, Alone Again, Naturally, O'Sullivan, The Village, YMCA, People, Tony, Knock Three Times, Orlando, and There Is No Love Lost for the Singing Nun. The voters are angry. A typical postcard states, The number one worst piece of pus-oozing, vomit-inducing, camel-spitting, cow-phlegm rock song ever in the history of the solar system is Dreams of the Everyday Housewife. Amazingly, this song was not performed by Gary Puckett and a union gap. Here are other typical statements. I'd rather chew a jumbo roll of tinfoil than hear Hey Paula by Paul and Paula. Whenever I hear the Four Seasons walk like a man, I want to scream, Frankie, sing like a man. I wholeheartedly believe that Ballerina Girl is responsible for 90% of the violent crimes in North America today. I nominate every song ever sung by the Doobie Brothers, future ones also. Sometimes the voters were so angry that they weren't even sure of the name of the song they hated. There were votes against These Boots Are Made For Stomping, 
the Beach Boys classic Carolina Girls, I'm Nothing But a Hound Dog, and Ain't No Woman Like the One-Eyed Gut. A lot of people voted for The Lion Sleeps Tonight, offering a variety of interpretations of the chorus, including Wee Ma Wep, Wee Ma Whack, Wee Na Whack, A Wee Na Whap, and Wingle Whip. Many readers are still very hostile toward the song Wildfire, in which singer Michael Murphy wails for what seems like 97 minutes about a lost pony. As one voter put it, break a leg, Wildfire. There was a solid vote for Gordon Lightfoot's The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, a real fun party song. Several voters singled out the line, as the big freighters go, it was bigger than most. Speaking of bad lyrics, there were votes for Cream's immortal I'm So Glad, which eloquently expresses the feeling of being glad as follows. Repeat one billion times. La Bamba, because the lyrics translated are, I am not a sailor, I am a captain, I am a captain, I am a captain, and he is probably glad. Take the Money and Run, in which Steve Miller attempts to rhyme Texas with what the facts is, not to mention hassle with El Paso. Torn between two lovers. Reader comment, torn, yes, hopefully on the rack. Certainly these are all very bad songs, but the scary thing is, not one song I have named so far is a winner. I'll name the winners next week, after your stomach has settled down. Meanwhile, here are some more songs you should not think about. Baby I'ma Want You, Candy Man, Disco Duck, I Am Woman, Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Yellow Polka Dot Bikini, Last Kiss, Patches, The Night Chicago Died, My Ding-A-Ling, and My Sharona. Just forget these songs, really. P.S. Also Horse With No Name. Thank you, Rachel. As always, awesome stuff. Always love those Dave Barry columns. This has been episode 293 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. We love you. Peace.